What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks show. Indeed it is, John. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It's hump day. It's Wednesday, June the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2023. How are you? Did you miss me yesterday? I missed you. Had just uh, one of those days needed to take a day off just to uh, take care of some business and all that. And uh, unfortunately, not able to do a show yesterday, but I missed you. I hope you missed me as much as I missed you, dear listener. Pam Sheffield, that trip into work, it was just a little different yesterday, wasn't it? Keith Spence, you missed hearing me uh, call out your voice yesterday. Uh, Mr. Clemens, it's Wood Ducks Wednesday. So I know you're glad that we're back. But uh, listen, like I said, I miss you guys. This is episode 875. Of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today. Uh, Not for a birthday game. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about the birthday game, as I've told you several times. And Uncle Rick Vernon helped us out uh, late last week and even on Monday's show with... uh, uh, just trying to explain what happened. We won't have a birthday game today, but I will tell you the birthdays, though, and we'll get into that uh, here in a little bit. But uh, just really did appreciate uh, Uncle Rick helping us out. And like I said, uh, John and Jonathan, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today as uh, we, uh, we'll just we'll banter around a little bit. It won't be a birthday game, but we'll banter around a little bit and uh, let you know everything that's going on with that. Listen, we have a great show for you today here in our first hour. In fact, in less than 20 minutes, we're going to be joined by the voice of Duke University Athletics Baseball and Women's Basketball it's our good friend Chris Edwards, uh, live from Durham. In fact, I think he's I think he's still in Durham. They may I don't know when they're headed to Charlottesville, but his Blue Devil baseball squad is traveling to Charlottesville this weekend for a super regional appearance. He's going to help us get caught up on that. We're also going to take a look at the other super regionals throughout college baseball here in the first hour or two. Uh, but man, just uh, how about that? Uh, Duke and Virginia. That's going to be an all. ACC affair. That's going to be a lot of fun. Wake Forest. I will just go through these real quick. Wake Forest is going to be uh, taking on Alabama. <sighs> I tell you what. Uh, let me uh, let, let's get a couple of ads up here, and uh, then we'll jump back into our monologue here in a moment. Okay, here we go. I got to tell you, I've had my life insurance with Woman Life for more than 10 years, and I absolutely could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community, as evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one right here in eastern North Carolina. 
Thank you so much to Danny Rice, Jared Edwards, and Woodman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. It's right beside Highland Furniture across from Cell Auto Mall. Arendo Parrot Academy is the largest independent non-sectarian college prep school in the region. Located on a beautiful 80-acre campus in Kinston, Parrot draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Newburn, Wilson, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville, and maybe Hookerton. Parrot Academy remains steadfast in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment for its students. Arendelle Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kempston. And let's jump right back to it. Uh, operator error there. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you folks can hear me now. As I was giving love to everybody in the world and uh, looked down and my Comrex wasn't connect- connected to the internet. Man, it's gonna it, it's gonna be a good day. That's gonna be a good day. Hey, I was telling you about uh, our guest today. Uh, our first guest is gonna be Chris Edwards. He's gonna be joining us here in about fifteen minutes or so here uh, on the Brian Hanks Show. He is the voice of Duke University Athletics baseball and women's basketball. Uh, he's gonna be telling us about Duke playing in Charlottesville this weekend uh, at the University of Virginia, uh, and. Uh, was just going to let me get you caught up here. The games that are going to be taking place are the Super Regionals in Winston-Salem. We're going to have uh, Wake Forest taking on Alabama uh, in Stanford at Stanford, Texas at Stanford. At LSU, you're going to have Kentucky at LSU in an all-SEC matchup. Uh, at Southern Miss, uh, we're going to have uh, Southern Miss and Tennessee in uh, another all-SEC matchup. Uh, as uh, the Florida Gators will be taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Like we said, up in Charlottesville, Duke at Virginia, and cannot wait to talk to Chris about that. Uh, Oregon and Oral Roberts are going to be taking on each other in the Pacific Northwest. And then finally, Indiana State in Terre Haute, Indiana, is going to be taking on TCU. So uh, a lot of fun, like I said, from uh, the NCAA Baseball Championship And, uh, again, we'll be talking to Chris Edwards about that in our second hour. We're going to have a first time guest for you here. It's going to, it is wood ducks Wednesday, but with uh, the Woodies on the road this week in Del Marva, we're going to welcome Kenston wingman. Uh, yes, I'm waiting. Uh, yes. Thank you. Linda Whittington. Uh, we're going to have a uh, Kenston wingman general manager, Billy Stern. Uh, he's going to be live with us right here in our plush well lit studio his wingmen are at home today at LCC's Lancer's Field. Lancer Field, that's at 5 o'clock. Take on the River City Skippers. He's going to tell us all about this new team. Their vision for the future, their signing of a 10-year agreement to play at Lancer Field, and much, much more. But he'll be our guest in the second hour. And like I said, John and Jonathan to ramp up that second hour, too. So uh, there's your show. We got you a good show today. Chris Edwards. Uh, Billy Stern and, uh, like I said, the boys there at the end of the second hour. So, uh, let's go ahead and get going here with today's show. And again, if you listen to us live, I do apologize, a little operator error there to uh, start the show. You won't know at three o'clock though, because you're just going to hear the show from the jump 
or if you're listening to us on our SoundCloud feed and you're like, what, what, Brian, you sounded great the whole time. So there you go. Hey, uh, let us get you uh, just caught up with everything going on. We've got a lot of news to get to here before we uh, get Chris Edwards up here on the line with us. Tell you what, though, let's thank uh, Lenore Community College. Another, You just heard about uh, our good friends over at Woodman Life and Arundel Parrot Academy. Let me tell you about uh, Lenore Community College. Uh, for more than 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Richie Honeycutt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. We certainly could not uh, do this every morning without them. And again, one of our day ones, LCC, UNC Lenore Healthcare, Goeco Office Automation, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, Rendell Parrot Academy. Appreciate every single one of them. Thank you to the Down East Wood Ducks. We're going to get into them here in a moment and get you called up. They're red hot. They're, uh, man, playing some great baseball right now, and they definitely have over the last couple of weeks or so, but we'll get into them. And uh, thank you again, Kenston Police Department, too. Listen, if you are looking if you're looking for a job, you've thought, you know what, <clears throat> I would like to be a police officer, you can absolutely do that. Work for the best police department in the state of North Carolina. By uh, Give Sergeant Moody a call at 252-939-3208, and uh, the Kenston Police Department uh, will get you on the road to becoming a police officer right here in Kenston, Lenore County. Okay, uh, a couple of things to get you called up here, and uh, we'll start with our uh, a Junius update. Uh, I uh, p- made a post last night on uh, or yesterday afternoon on Facebook and uh, just getting everybody called up. We kind of talked about it a little bit on Monday, but uh, just, uh, I, you know, I'll just read from this. Uh, yesterday, and I thought it was a unique <clears throat> excuse me i thought it would be uh unique yesterday uh yesterday was a 10-year anniversary of uh junior smith the third uh coming to kinston i mean i guess he'd come to interview but his first day as an uh, as an official uh, as an official employee in the city of kinston was uh 10 years ago yesterday he became the government writer for the kinston daily free press <clears throat> he was our government reporter there he was awesome in that role uh, so good that when he left, uh, he left, uh, he was here for about a year or so. And he left to go to Atlanta to uh, work for the Associated Press, decided that wasn't for him. He came back and we hired him as our uh, sports editor. And as you know, I mean, the rest is history there, but, um, and as I said in my post and I mean it, he is the best sports editor in the history of the free press. And yes, there were some long time people, but there was no one that just quite made the impact that uh, Junius did in his, uh, what, I guess, uh, four years or so or three years or so as the uh, sports editor. Uh, you know, he moved on. He uh, worked for New Snooze for a little bit, started his own operation with ENC Moments, and uh, was just uh, kicking butt until uh, a brain tumor, until they discovered a brain tumor, I guess now, wow, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, they had surgery two weeks ago yesterday uh, to remove it, 
Uh, Linda and I, uh, we visited with Junius and his parents on Sunday. Uh, he, he, I'm just going to lay this out there. The doctors had to perform a tracheotomy, uh, yesterday to uh, help him breathe a little bit better. They've also inserted a feeding tube into his abdomen. Uh, he does, he seems to recognize people. They've even had him up and trying to walk a few times. But again, as, uh, I've said, to uh, <laughs> the dozens of people I've talked to and, uh, uh, I just, I listen, I'm so used to him just being all over the place. I expect him just to jump out of the hospital bed and be right back at it. And I've got to realize that this is going to be a very slow recovery and, uh, it, it's going to be a slow process. It's going to be a slow recovery. And that's what we're in the middle of right now. I did want to let you guys know, I mean, the mass that they removed from his brain, it's been tested and retested a couple of times. We're waiting for another biopsy to come back for confirmation, but the expectations are, that the uh, mass was uh, was dangerous. It, it, it's it's cancerous. It looks like uh, we'll see what this final test says. Uh, additionally, uh, they thought that ninety uh, percent of the original mass was removed in the original surgery, but uh, further testing, MRIs, and that type have revealed that it, uh, they were only able to get about seventy percent out, not ninety percent like they originally thought. Uh, as I said in the post, I know it's a lot to digest, but uh, I know this much: uh, his parents have uh are extremely positive they haven't lost one iota of faith in this whole process and they're not going to they know the better part of kinston lenore county green county jones county and enc is praying for their son and if you are the praying type or whatever whatever you however you uh communicate with your lord then uh please uh continue to pray for uh junius because uh these are some rough times right now but as uh, Linda's very positive, his parents are very positive. Well, listen, the doctors and surgeons, they are too. Uh, it's just, again, I've got to, like I said, I've got to remind myself. I've got, and I, maybe I need to remind you too, dear listener, that it is. It's going to be a slow process for Junius, but we love him and uh, have nothing, nothing but great expectations that he's going to come out of this. So there's your Junius Smith's third update. Again, you can go to my Facebook page, and a lot of you have. Um, <clears throat> to put well wishes on there. And I think that's what's going to be neat too. He doesn't have uh, access to, in fact, uh, listen, he doesn't have his phone. He doesn't have access to the internet or uh, Facebook or anything like that right now. But that's going to be the neat thing is when he comes out of this and he sees the hundreds and thousands of people who have uh, made comments and sent him encouragement. So uh, that's going to continue. It's definitely going to continue. You can go to his page and do that. You can put it on the comments of uh, the updates that I've been providing. And I think it's going to be really neat when uh, he comes out of this and sees all this encouragement. So there you go. That's your Junior Smith third update. <clears throat> uh, listen, uh, some more news. Uh, ESPN reported yesterday that Brandon Ingram has accepted a roster spot on the USA men's basketball team. He's going to be playing in the FIBA World Cup tournament in the Philippines later on this summer. Training camp uh, begins on August 3rd. There's going to be an exhibition game versus Puerto Rico on August 4th. It'll be on NBA TV. Can't wait to see that and see Brandon playing in that. The tournament uh, tournament starts August 25th in Manila in the Philippines. Uh, The Americans finished 7th in 2019 and obviously are looking to improve on that. And I think with uh, the team that they're building and with Brandon being a key part of that, this is going to be exciting. It's just going to be really neat to see uh, Brandon, not just, you know, we've got to see him in the Duke, well, the Kenston uniform, then the uh, Duke uniform, and uh, then the Lakers and the Pelicans and the NBA. I'm going to really, really enjoy seeing Brandon in his USA, uh, in, in his USA uniform. So I'm uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, 
want to uh, congratulate Matt Grantham. Uh, since we were here with you on Monday, like we said, we had yesterday, we took yesterday off to take care of some business. Uh, I guess I told you in that first five minutes, if you listen to us live and you didn't get to uh, get to hear us there in the very beginning, uh, listen, congratulations to Matt Grantham. <clears throat> he is the new LCC head ba- uh, basketball coach. Uh, he replaces Chris Brown, who was uh, released uh, earlier this offseason. Uh, Grantham actually is going to be a guest on the show uh, here in Friday's second hour, live here on the Brian Hanks Show. So pretty excited about that, that we're going to have him on here with us. We'll get to know him a little bit. He's a White Oak grad, a Jacksonville White Oak grad. Uh, after playing his college ball, he uh, he's coached at a couple of different places too. But just very excited, like I said, uh, to have him. We'll uh, be picking his brain on Friday's show. So excited about that. Uh, the Down East Wood Ducks, it is Wood Ducks Wednesday. <clears throat> the Down East Wood Ducks have remained red hot. They uh, took last night's game into uh, the 10th inning at Delmarva, and they won again, 3-2. to two. They have uh, what won seven of their last 10 games, uh, six of their last seven, seven of their last 10. They are just uh, doing well. But even playing that well, they're now 29-19. and 19. They're 10 games above 500. But they're still a half game behind the hated Carolina Mudcats for first place in the Carolina League North. Uh, the hated Mudcats, they won at home last night uh, in Zebulon in the worst stadium in minor league baseball against Fayetteville. So uh, they, uh, so uh, our Woodies are still a half game back of the Mudcats. Second best team in the Carolina League, only to the Mudcats, to the hated Mudcats. But uh, if they keep playing like this, they're going to run them down for sure. Seems like uh, they just keep matching each other. Uh, the Woodies and the hated Mudcats get win for win when uh, – uh, when Down East loses one, Carolina loses one then, too. And it's just been, like I said, they've just matched each other, I believe, over the last five or six games. But, uh, hey, the Woodies are going to catch them. Uh, the Woody, Game two of the six-game set between the Wood Ducks and the Del Marva Shorebirds is uh, tonight at 7.05. Uh, our Wood Ducks will be back next Tuesday when they face the last place Salem Red Sox. That'll be the first time the two teams have played each other, and that'll be a seven-game series. Uh, it's going to be our regular six games, but I believe on Thursday there's going to be a doubleheader uh, to uh, help make up a uh, rainout that uh, the Wood Ducks and the Red Sox had up in Salem, Virginia. So, again, uh, the Wood Ducks play tonight at 7.05, uh, and uh, I believe you can watch that on MILB TV if you want to, too. So, uh, again, uh, thank you to the Downey's Wood Ducks for being a sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. We really do appreciate them. Uh, uh, the Kenston Wingmen, uh, they look to snap. They've actually got a three-game losing streak now. They won, They lost again on uh, Monday night. Uh, and uh, they, are look, they, they started out the season 4-0. They have uh, lost their last three games. But they have a chance to turn it around tonight when they play at Lancer Field at 5 o'clock today against the River City Skippers, who are in first place. It's a battle for first place in the Old North State League Eastern Division. Uh, River City Skippers are 3-2. and two. The Wood Ducks are ju- Wood Ducks. The Wingmen are just uh, percentage points behind at 4-3. Uh, and three. So, uh, again, that'll be for first place tonight. Uh, the American Legion team played uh, last night. Or uh, I'm sorry, they played Monday night too. Or no, they played last night versus Wayne County at the ECAP in uh, Wayne County. As they took, uh, as they, like I said, they took on the Wayne County American Legion team. I don't have the result for that, 
uh, Spence or anybody out there, if you have the result, hit me up with it. Or even uh, Coach uh, Easton, I sent him a message about 6.30 this morning, but I haven't heard back from him, but I'm sure I will. At some point when I do, I will share that result with you with what they did last night. Uh, NBA Finals, uh, the uh, Miami Heat and the uh, Denver Nuggets, they will play game three of that series tonight, and that'll be on Brian Norse, uh, WCTI, ABC 12. That game is at 8.30. The series is tied up one-to-one, and uh, we will uh, – Get to see if Miami can take control of it, if Denver can uh, uh, jump back in uh, and uh, win the game tonight. But, uh, man, that's going to be a great series. And I, as you heard me uh, on the show, uh, I did it on Monday with uh, Mark Panicelli. Even last week I predicted I, I really think the Heat are going to win this thing in seven games. I think it's going to be a heck of a series. Stanley Cup final, uh, Vegas won Monday night 7-2. to two. They are already up uh, two games to nothing in the uh, Stanley Cup final against the Florida Panthers. Now, game three of that is uh, Thursday at 8 p.m. on uh, on TNT. So uh, we're going to have fun with that and uh, see if uh, they can continue to uh, dominate. It's just, I mean, I got to tell you, I really thought, as I had a lot of people tell me, also, that uh, the Eastern Conference Final would basically be the default Stanley Cup Final, and it is uh, not proven to be that right now. Like I said, as Vegas has taken that commanding two to nothing lead, uh, the PGA Tour, the Live Tour, World Golf all combined in yesterday. Just uh, they made the announcement. Uh, I guess around it was uh, nine thirty, ten o'clock yesterday morning. That they're all going to be one, I guess, one big tour. And I tell you what, we're going to talk baseball with this young man who's on the line with us right now. But he's also a big uh, golf fan, and uh, uh, he's a big Masters fan, too, if you know him at all. It's Chris Edwards uh, from Duke University joining us this morning here on uh, our Spence Automotive guest line. Good morning, uh, Mr. Edwards. How are you doing, sir? Hello, friends. Uh <laughs> Good morning, Brian. Great to be with you. And we are honored to have you here with us, too. Uh, man, I told you, and I asked you, I said, hey, if uh, your Blue Devils make it to Super Regional, would you come back on with us and uh, give us a Super Regional preview? And doggone, if your Blue Devils, uh, man, I got to tell you, they look pretty doggone good this past weekend, dude. Yeah, really impressive uh, what that group was able to do. I mean, I'm just in awe that, that they can keep playing like this and play at that level and uh, they beat a really good Coastal Carolina team to, to w- get to a Super Regional. They beat a really good Ryder team, too. I mean, We talked about this last week, right? This is a winner's tournament. Everybody that you play from now on is really, really good. Um, so, good thing the Blue Devils are pretty good, too. They got another tough t- uh, test this weekend against Virginia. Uh, well, well, against who? Uh, Virginia. <laughs> We'll get, we're going to break all that down here later on as we go along with our good friend, Chris Edwards here. Uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, of course, when I, you know, asked you to come on the show, I didn't realize we would be uh, talking a little, uh, PGA tour and live tour, but listen, I'm not going to try to act like I am the, uh, the biggest fan of PGA. I'm, I'm a, I'm a majors fan. I'm a big mm-hmm. masters fan. You know, as we, we have you on every year for the masters, you are such a huge masters fan, but you're a big golf fan too, dude. How did you see this coming? I guess is my first question before we try to break down uh, this whole situation with the PGA tour and live tour and world golf and all that. But as someone who follows golf a heck of a lot closer than I do, Chris, did, could you have predicted this was going to happen? 
No, I don't think anybody saw it coming. I, I was just as blindsided by it, I think, as everybody else was, including the PGA Tour players. And I, and I think there's been a lot of people that on social media have pointed out, you know, how blindsided these players were. You think about a guy like a Rory McIlroy or a guy like a, a Justin Thomas or a Jordan Spieth or a Xander Shoffley who turned down all that money that Liv was going to give them. And they stayed and they were the face and the backbone of the PGA Tour. And then to find out on Twitter that they were merging with Liv and the DP World Tour, I mean, it just doesn't feel right. I mean, something just doesn't feel good about it. And I don't know that I've heard a really good explanation as to why. I think that's all going to come out later. Uh, people are calling it, you know, the, the worst day for professional golf. I don't know about all of that. I mean, I think it, it is good that you're going to be able to see all of the golfers, all of your favorite golfers competing again on a week-in, week-out basis. Uh, I think that's a good thing, but I, I'm just not sure that you want to get into bed with, with with all that comes with, you know, merging all these tours together and, and the money and where the money comes from. I, you know, that it, it gets a little sticky, I think. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, that was part of the reason, and I respected golfers that, you know, that said, hey, the PGA has done what it's done and has made golf the uh, the, the international spectacle that it is. Spectacle is wrong choice words, but the, the entity that it is. And I really respected those guys, Chris, who, you know, could have gone on. I mean, remember, wasn't Liv offering Tiger himself, who, you know, is really not the championship golfer that he was five, six, ten years ago or whatever. But they were offering him, I remember seeing numbers close to a billion dollars to come over to it. And he stood his ground. Other golfers stood their ground. You got to think some of those guys feel, you know, as they're waking up here on Wednesday and as they heard the news yesterday, they've got to feel a little what's the word that I would look for here, Chris, just violated. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk about that a little bit. You know, I think you're right. And I do think there's going to have to be some way that the PGA tour compensate those guys that stayed, that put the PGA tour on their shoulders and carried the weight of the tour. There's got to be some extra compensation for those guys. I think. And I I read yesterday where they're going to, the PGA tour is going to let these other guys, that went or defected for lack of a better term to the live tour. They're going to let them come back to the PJ tour, but there'll be some sort of fine associated with that too. So there's going to be some money changing hands, but I don't know that if you're a Roy McElroy, are you, is the money that the PJ tour is going to give you, is it really worth it for all that you went through? And now just to see that in the end, the tours wind up merging together. I would be pretty steamed if I was some of those guys this morning. Absolutely. Now that's part of it. And you sort of alluded to it there, but there will be an influx of cash, obviously, uh, with sure. this Saudi backed live tour. Uh, you've got to figure that, uh, you're, I mean, I mean, not just your uh, majors, but I mean, even your, your regular PGA stops now or whatever they're going to call this thing. I, I'm assuming it's all going to be under the PGA umbrella, but who knows what it's going to be called now. But uh, you got to figure there's going to be an influx of cash. And I, the one thing I do agree with you about Chris is I'm going to be glad to see the world's best golfers all together at events instead of, you know, 70% of them being on the PGA tour and 30% of them being on the live tour as a golf fan. You've got to, you've got to probably like that part of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could get a, a random tournament, you know, the Memorial tournament, which is Jack's tournament or. Yeah, look in our backyard, you know, the, the Wells Fargo that's played in Charlotte every year or, or the other tournament played at Sedgefield in Greensboro. You're going to get some of the best golfers in the world to come to those events now, and you're not going to have guys not there because they're on a different tour. I think that's great for the game, 
and probably good for those golfers who were on Live because now they actually are back and people can watch them because nobody was watching Live on the CW, but now you've got <laughs> CBS and NBC, and these guys can actually be seen again other than the four times a year they play in a major. And listen, I'm not going to, you know, denigrate the CW, but uh, you're right. I will. <laughs> you will? Okay. Did you watch any of their coverage? No. Oh, okay. Okay. No. I remember I saw something on Twitter where they it was the end of a tournament and they the CW cut away from it because they had to go back to their regularly scheduled programming of a rerun of the Big Bang Theory. Uh, <laughs> and they had to finish the tournament on a, the CW app. How many people do you think have downloaded the CW app? Nothing against the CW, but I don't think their uh, their their money is not going to be made by covering sports. Wait a minute, the CW has an app? Apparently. <laughs> well, I know there was somebody. I think the Live Tour on Facebook. You could watch it on there, uh, if I remember correctly. I remember seeing something like that. But like you, and do and again. You are a golf fan. I mean, well, I'm not talking to, uh, to someone who, you know, doesn't, you know, that doesn't enjoy the game and appreciate the game. I mean, you play and you're a fan. And for you, Chris Edwards, not to not to tune into the CW or not to tune into their programming, that to me says a lot about uh, where they were. I mean, I, I can only imagine probably, do you know anybody, and you have an extensive network of uh, friends in the business, do you know anybody that was watching their programming? I'm one or two, maybe, okay. but not many. Not many. Uh, I, I think everybody just watched when everybody was in the majors, right? I think that's probably the time where everybody watched the most and you weren't watching on the CW then. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know of anybody. I think it's part of it, too, is maybe the Live Tour was having a hard time getting sponsors. They were having a hard time gaining any traction. Maybe it felt like the Live Tour was going to go away sooner rather than later, and I think that's another puzzling part of this. Uh, merger for everybody the last couple of days or last couple of hours is why now after you know the PJ Tour said for so long we're never going to do it we're never going to do it and now here we are wow well I uh, listen uh, a listener uh, just uh, jumped in here and I would love to get your uh, thoughts on this too dude uh, as far as Dawson he uh, messaged me and he said this is the worst thing that has happened to professional golf since it started a total money grab. Golf has become slimy and one fatal move. And that he said, that's his opinion for Mr. Dawson did said, they're going to lose a lot of viewers and sponsors over this. Do you agree? Disagree with that? Yeah, no, I agree. I do think it feels slimy and you know, look, money always wins. Right. And that's the sad part of sports is that money always wins. And it's not so much about the people. It's not so much about the, the words or the lip service. You know, it, that's what it is. It's just lip service. Now it's empty promises. And that's disappointing that golf has turned into this. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who were turned away from pro golf who may never watch pro golf again. And that's sad. If we're talking about trying to grow the game, I don't think this is the way to grow the game of golf. Wow. Chris Edwards, strong words here on the Brian Hanks show this morning. Let me ask you this as we wrap. I promise, I promise, Chris, we're going to talk college baseball here in a minute, okay? But again, when you have Chris Edwards on, who is of all my guests and friends and regular guests, I, dude, you know more about golf than anybody that I have. So uh, it's just ironic and uh, good timing that I have you on this morning to talk about this. Uh, one of the things Live Golf did that did kind of intrigue me a little bit 
not that I ever watched it again, like I said, but just the thought of it was they were not playing four rounds. They were only playing three rounds uh, per event, you know, playing 54. Let me do my math here, 18, 30. Yeah, 54 <laughs> goals per event. And uh, not only the, the more money for that, but they were also playing, I guess, sort of a quasi-team golf concept mm-hmm. too. In sort of the same way that you saw the XFL and the USFL kind of, uh, you know, make some inroads in the NFL in that – the NFL adopted, you know, the on-field cameras. They adopted uh, some of the rules changes that XFL and USFL have had over the years. Do you see some of this potentially happening in uh, the PGA? Maybe. I mean, I doubt. I mean, I'll go ahead and answer the first one for you. I don't see it dropping to fifty-four holes yeah. per event. But do maybe? Maybe do you see some of the other things that uh, Live Golf was doing uh, transferring over to PGA? Yeah, I could see that. I think that the team format. I think there could be some more of that that happens on the PGA Tour. You get it with a couple of events now. I think the most notable one is the Ryder Cup, right? But I think there could be another team event built into the season. I'm not sure how they would go about doing that, but I could see that happening. I could see some of the other subtle changes. Maybe they let players wear shorts during rounds. You know, now they're required to wear long pants. I could see them being allowed to wear shorts. I think it's small, subtle things that that will creep over, but I don't think there's going to be – any sort of massive overhaul in the way the game is played or the way tournaments are run. Maybe you have some tournaments that you don't have a cut. That's a possibility. I don't know that. But I I could see those things trickling over to this new, I guess, PJ Tour, whatever you want to call it, um, whenever it starts, whatever they decide to to merge. And I don't think they've got the, the deal totally worked out. I think there's just a framework agreement now. I'm guessing it could still all go awry, but we'll wait and see what happens. Wow. And again, uh, I was saying, listen, you don't get a lot of uh, news like this. It just knocks you down and like, what in the world are they doing? Especially all the smack talk. I mean, I think about, you know, the guys that stayed on the PGA tour, even Tiger. I mean, just the not subtle and not so subtle shots that they took at live. And then even on the live side, uh, Phil Mickelson, who I got to tell you, man, someone that I used to love, man. And I'm talking about 10, 12, 15 years ago. When everybody else was, you know, all Tiger crazy, and I and I enjoyed watching Tiger, dude. I was a Phil fan. I was a Lefty fan, and just the way he became just so bitter over the last couple of years, and all the shot, and his shots weren't at all subtle towards the PGA. No. I just, exactly. Well, delve into that a little bit there, Chris. I just, it's hard for me. It's almost like you've got. Listen, we'll just break it down like it's a relationship. You know, you, you break up with your wife, or you you get it. I mean, a divorce. I mean, it was a straight up divorce, and now you're uh, kissing and making up, and saying, "Oh, we're going to be fine now." That's a pretty good analogy, isn't it? No, it is. Yeah, it's spot on. And I, and I don't know how much uh, making up there's going to be. I think there's been some bridges burned there for sure. I yeah. think, um, and I think it's going to be hard to mend some of those bridges. And you can't walk back everything that you said. So it, it's going to take some time. And there's going to be a lot of healing and a lot of apologies and a, and a lot of forgiveness having to be uh, given both ways. I think, and this is not something that's going to happen overnight. Hey, last thing, I like I said, dude, I swear we're going to get college baseball, but I'm just so intrigued by this whole story. Compare this to another story, what, another sport. What would be the compare? You're a huge Major League Baseball fan, dude. There, there's no comparison for Major League Baseball that I can yeah. think of or NFL or NHL. Dude, what could you compare this to? I'm thinking. I know. I don't I know. That's what I was trying to come up with a good analogy. I don't know that there is one. 
Well, you know what? The only thing I can think, and it wouldn't even be anything as close to just as historic or as monstrous as what just happened yesterday with the PGA and, and Live Tour, but what if uh, the NFL just all of a sudden announced today, hey, we're combining with uh, the USFL and the XFL, and we're going to add, you know, six new teams that we're going to pull from there. Would that even be as – because the NFL just pretty much looks at those two as almost development leagues, uh, developmental leagues for them right now. That wouldn't even be as strong a comparison, would it? No, probably not. I mean, this might – I mean, this is going to hit a little too close to home, but that may be the only thing that, that you could think of as I'm sitting here kind of going through it is if the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC all merge into one big super conference. May, may, yes. Maybe that the closest comparison and maybe we're not too far off from that um but yeah i that that might be the best comparison dude i thank you chris and i sincerely thank you that is that is a very good comparison if though if the sec acc and big 10 combined i know she didn't even include pac 10 the pac 10 is really about to become a non-conference Pac-12. isn't it or pac 12 yes pac sorry the pac conference how's that dude <laughs> yeah yeah, I think they're going to be. I don't know. Who knows? I try. You can read something every day and drive yourself crazy. I just try to worry about what's going to happen today. I got too much to worry about today yeah, to yeah. worry about what conference we're going to be in next week. There you go. Uh, that voice you're listening to is Chris Edwards. He is the voice of uh, of uh, Duke baseball duke women's basketball. Uh, just a plethora of different sports on uh, different regional networks, but. His, oh, I got to tell you this too. Uh, Mr. Far or Mr. Dawson did say Bobby Jones is turning over in his grave. Would you agree with that? Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I imagine Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas aren't too happy either. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, hey, how about some baseball talk here, dude? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's absolutely do it. Man, we had you on last week. You gave us a preview. And I got to tell you, dude, a lot of the things that you called came through uh, from last week, too. I mean, obviously, well, you work for Duke. But, I mean, we we knew Duke had a very strong chance going in. I mean, yes, Coastal Carolina is a, uh, is a very good program. They have a great facility from what I've seen and from uh, listening to your coverage and watching it on ESPN Plus. But uh, just give us a little color from uh, last weekend in Conway, South Carolina. It was a, it, it was a, uh, it, it was a beautiful time for the Duke Blue Devils, wasn't it? It was, and you know everybody wanted to give me all of this crap about Ryder. <laughs> you remember I, I was on a couple of weeks ago, and somebody was like, "Oh, they lost a Ryder." Yep. And I said, "Don't sleep on the Bronx. They're going to be in the tournament." And lo and behold, they were. And guess what happened? They beat Coastal Carolina. It was their first NCAA tournament win since 1987, uh, and that really helped Duke out because then Coastal had to come out of the loser's bracket, which means they had to play that extra game. And look, Duke had a lot of problems with Ryder. That's a really good baseball team. Uh, <laughs> Ryder scored, I think, in three innings the entire tournament, and they almost won two games. I mean, that's how good this team is. Uh, and, and Duke had to grind out the win on Saturday night to go to the 2-0 and game, and then uh, Coastal, of course, comes out of the loser's bracket. They eliminate UNCW. And then, well, Coastal had to go all in on Sunday night to force that if-needed game on Monday and used their best relievers. They asked a freshman, Liam Doyle, to come back on two days rest after he threw 99 pitches on Friday. Uh, he had to come back and pitch against Duke to start the game Monday. And the Blue Devils got to him early. They got into the Coastal bullpen. A bullpen that was shaky uh, at best. They didn't have a whole lot of confidence in those middle guys to get to the back end of the bullpen. And the Blue Devils made them pay. And once again, Duke showed 
the how much depth they have from a pitching standpoint. I mean, you're running guy after guy after guy out there, and, and it's just the onslaught keeps coming, and it's just hard for opposing teams to, to get comfortable because you're facing a new guy basically every time you come to the plate, and that depth has really paid off for Duke, and some guys started to get hot at the plate. It was just a really fun weekend down in Conway. Just, again, uh, I had a chance to listen to you uh, – I think I can't remember. I know it was the first game that I listened to uh, when uh, you guys took on uh, UNCW. Yeah, UNCW. Yeah. And, you know, we got a lot of UNCW fans around here too, as you know. But uh, just it, it sounded loud there. I mean, it sounded like there were good crowds. Uh, speak to just the yeah. uh, what was the breakdown? Obviously, I mean, it's Coastal Carolina's home field. But how did uh, Duke fans turn out there? How did the UNCW fans turn out there? A lot of good, a lot of good turnout for Duke and for UNCW. I mean, it's probably more UNCW fans on Friday, uh, just because I think one o'clock on a Friday yeah. is hard for people to get to it. And Duke's got a lot of families that come from across the country, right? Like they're coming from the, the north or out west, or, or maybe from Florida. So better Duke crowd Saturday, Sunday, and even a good crowd Monday night. I will tell you, the crowd on Monday night uh, in Conway for that winner take all game was. Maybe the best crowd I've seen in a long time for a regional. Uh, I mean, they had the biggest crowd in school history, over 5,000 people there. They were in it from the word go. I mean, they were loud. Well, until, you know, like the fourth inning when Duke <laughs> made it four to nothing, and then they didn't have a lot to cheer about. Um, and then they all kind of left in the seventh, kind of like Dodger fans. You know, they get there late and, and leave early. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a really good atmosphere. Coastal Carolina should be really proud of themselves. They hosted a phenomenal regional. And uh, wish them the best going into next year because that's going to be a really good team. And uh, we'll see how it turns out. Duke's opening the season at Coastal next year, so that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, my God. What? You're absolutely right. That'll be one to look forward to there, too. That voice you're listening to, he is the voice of Duke University baseball. And as you know, the Blue Devils have come out of the Conway Regional and back on the road again as they'll be traveling to God's country, Chris Edwards, uh, the University of Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia. Again, one of the most beautiful campuses in uh, in all the land. You, you can't call it a campus. It's the grounds. The grounds. Thank you, dude. Yes, the grounds. Uh, yeah, with their first year, second year, third year, fourth year players. Yes, I mean, they're not – no, there's no such thing as a freshman at UVA, dude. Oh, no, there's not. It's all first years. <laughs> There you go. Uh, and I know, obviously, I mean, your focus was squarely, and I know even the Duke Blue Devils' focus was squarely on getting out of the Conway Regional. But did you did you have kind of a little side eye on uh, the uh, Charlottesville Regional with uh, UVA, ECU, Oklahoma, Army that were in there? Uh, and then Virginia obviously comes out, they, uh, they win it. Uh, two wins over uh, your alma mater and ECU. Uh, were you kind of keeping a little side eye or, you know, just kind of peeking out of your peripheral at Charlottesville last weekend? Yeah, sure was, because I think it was the hope that if the Blue Devils did what they did, there was a hope that they could host a, a super regional in Durham uh, this week. Obviously, it didn't work out. They would have needed an upset in Charlottesville, but Virginia's playing too daggone good right now, and, and they beat a couple of really good teams. Of course, everybody's a good team, right? It's the winner's tournament. But they played really well uh, this past weekend to be able to sweep that regional and move on to a super. And, you know, it's kind of what you've come to expect with Brian O'Connor's team, you know, death taxes and UVA in a super regional. Yeah. And even hosting it again this year, like, yeah. uh, like you referred to, uh, 
ECU. I mean, you know, we got, got to get a couple of minutes of ECU talk sure. from you here with, with the audience that we have here in Kinston in Lenore County. And uh, just they played their guts out that uh, Saturday night, two to one loss against, uh, against uh, Virginia. I mean, Virginia. They, they played, yeah. yeah, they played their guts out, come up a little bit short. And then, uh, and then the elimination game or in the championship game, lose uh, eight to three or whatever the final score that ended up being. Uh, just say, give us a wrap. I mean, ECU, you guys saw them this year, uh, up in Durham, uh, just your thoughts, Chris Edwards thought on, uh, wrapping up the ECU 2023 baseball season. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be proud of, you know, I mean, that, that team competed their butt off. They won another regular season title. They were maybe a, a call at second base away from winning the conference tournament title too. Uh, I mean, and then you win that game, you never know. Maybe you don't get sent to Charlottesville. That's a tough draw for anybody, right? I mean, you kind of knew, though, with the way the hosting race was going to shake out. Like, you were going to have to, if you're EC, you're going to have to go to a, an ACC school probably, just from a geographic standpoint. And that's a tough place to go play. Um, but, well, the, the job that Cliff did again this year, I think he said it in his post game after the, the regional was over, that they're knocking on that door to Omaha and they're going to get there. And Cliff believes that, and I believe that Cliff is going to get there just because all the stuff that he's already done for this program, how close they've been. And it's been a win away from Omaha a couple of different times, right? And, and, you know, it's it's weird not to see ECU in a super regional. When's the last time, not to go back and look it up, that ECU was not in a super regional? Yeah, they've been yeah. a three straight, or no, four straight, four straight. It's been a while. So, I mean, look, you're going you're gonna to have a year where you don't win a regional. It, it is hard to win a regional you know, it's hard to win a super too, obviously, but it's really hard. You, you got to be lucky to, to win a, a regional and get to a super. And sometimes you just don't get the breaks. And sometimes you need the ball to bounce your way. It didn't happen. But you know what? There's a lot to be proud of if you're an ECU fan and a lot to look forward to next year. They're going to have another great team. They've brought in another great class. And uh, they develop guys there. And that's one of the things that ECU has always been known for is developing talent. And Cliff's going to develop another great team when they take the field next February. Absolutely. Uh, you know about the uh, tattoo thing, right? Uh, your tattoo thing? <laughs> no, the, the the ECU tattoo thing. Uh, and I don't know if I've told you this before. I, I, may I, don't, not. I don't think I know this. Oh, you're going to love this. So uh, it was a couple of years ago uh, as we were going into probably the 21 season, I believe. Uh, and I uh, had Cliff here on the show. You know, he comes on. He comes on here a couple of times a year. And it was the preview for that season, and he declared on here. Well, I, I'm trying to remember how it even came up. I guess I'd said something about my Virginia tattoo that, uh, you know, when Virginia won the uh, Men's National Basketball Championship in 2019 that I had gotten a tattoo, first one I'd ever gotten in my life. And uh, something was said about, well, when ECU makes, makes it to Omaha, will you get one? I'm like, heck yeah. So anyway, it was brought up with Cliff. So I don't even remember how it originally started. And Cliff Godwin declared here on the show, and he has subsequently, uh, Chris Edwards, probably every appearance he's been on, it'll come up when ECU makes it to the College World Series. He is going to come to Kenston and get an ECU tattoo, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> How freaking cool is that? That's and, really cool. And then That's on awesome. top of that, we've got a bunch of ECU supporters here. Danny Rice is one, uh, one of our big supporters and other folks too. Scott Whittington, your, your good friend and your super fan, Scott Whittington has declared too. There's Like I said, there's probably all together is about 10 to 12 of us. When they make it to the College World Series, we're all going to go to a tattoo parlor here in Kinston and get an ECU tattoo. Uh, pretty cool, huh? 
that's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> now I know you're a Duke University employee, and and uh, but 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 you're an ECU alum. Uh, can can we include you in on that? Uh, when, uh, no, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Dude, that would be cool, though. You, we'll, you, we'll, we'll ponder on that. We'll, we'll think about it. We'll wait and see when it happens. I like it. I yeah, like we'll it. wait and see what happens. Very good. Okay, that's uh, we're wrapping up uh, the ECU baseball season there. Well, let's look forward here. Uh, man, Duke at Virginia, Super Regional beginning this weekend. Uh, listen, Virginia, they've been up and down this season. They were up, I believe. I don't know if they ever made it to number one in the country, but they were definitely in the top two or three. Uh, as they started out just uh, ridiculously hot, got into the ACC race, and as good as the ACC is, they just couldn't keep it up there. But obviously, finished the regular season strong. Obviously, uh, playing well here in the NCAA tournament, too, winning their regional. Uh, to give us a little uh, preview of uh, the, the, the God fearing Wahoos of the University of Virginia. Uh, again, everybody's really good, and that's true for Virginia. They're, they're very disciplined, they do everything they do really well. I said this to somebody yesterday, and I got a lot of grief for it, but I think they're one of the hardest lineups in the country, top to bottom, to pitch to. And you can make an argument that, you know, Wake Forest is really, really good, and they're having a great year, and that's true. And, and they're a tough lineup to pitch to. And maybe it's because I've seen Virginia more recently than I saw Wake Forest. I haven't seen Wake in person since the first week of conference play, and that was back in March. And there was a lot going on in March trying to get through basketball and start baseball. But I think the top five in Virginia's lineup is as good as anybody in college baseball. Guys like Anderson, Teal, and Geloff, and the list goes on and on. So it's going to be a challenge. I mean, they hit and run, they run and hit, they can straight steal, they can bunt, they can do everything. And Kevin McMullen has been there as their offensive guru for a long time. And it's another really well-coached, well-disciplined Virginia team. They've got a lot of experience on the mound, all three of their weekend starters are grad transfers, and they they can certainly pitch. So it'll be tough for the Blue Devils, but the good news is that, you know, Duke's got an offense that seems to be clicking on all cylinders right now. They've got a lot of guys that are getting back healthy from a pitching standpoint, and I think it's going to be a really fun Super Regional in Charlottesville. I don't think you're going to see one team go out there and, and win two games and go home. I think it's going to come down to a, a third game on a Sunday, and hopefully the Blue Devils can come out on top. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, I have been asked by a couple of people. Well, you know, last weekend with Virginia against ECU, all everybody just assumed I was going to be, a, you know, pulling for the Wahoos. And I really wasn't because, I mean, don't get it twisted. I'm not upset that Virginia is in the Super Regional, but I was really pulling for Cliff and ECU. Dude, I want to get that ink. I want to get that tattoo, okay? And uh, get him in town to do that, too. And then I've had a couple people say, well, well, obviously now Virginia versus Duke, you know, you're, you're pulling for your Cavaliers again. Not so fast, uh, Chris <laughs> Edwards. I got to tell you, dude, you are just one of the greatest guys I've ever known anyway. And, dude, there's a part of me, I got to tell you, I can't lose this weekend either. If Virginia wins, hey, they're in the World Series again. If they, If Duke wins... My good friend Chris Edwards is going to be in Omaha, Nebraska, calling uh, calling World Series games. I got to tell you, man, I, I'm kind of shading a little bit over to that uh, that Blue Devils blue, dude. Oh well, I I can't quite get myself to that emotional <laughs> spot yet. Uh, we've got to win a couple games, and and having been through this a couple times in 2018 and 2019, I know how how tough it is to win these super regionals, and I know how how close this program has been and you know maybe the third time is the charm maybe this is the, the team and the group that, that gets us over the hump and 
and we can go to Omaha, and, and you know that would be a very emotional night for uh, for Chris Edwards. There might even be a tear or two, right? Probably more than two. <laughs> there probably, you go. probably more than two. Oh, yeah. I know, I know, and I can't wait. I love how you uh, you you'll clip out your. Uh, the, the comments that you make or, you know, your analysis, your color and all that at the end of it, I got to tell you, and again, this, I'm not just saying this because you're on the line, dude. I mean this sincerely. I am pull. I, I am finding myself pulling for Duke this weekend because I would love to hear Chris Edwards call of the Duke blue devils going to Omaha. I don't know that it would be audible. I'd probably just be a blubbering <laughs> idiot. Like <laughs> can, can I do my impression? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> World Series, <laughs> Blue Devils, <laughs> Omaha, Omaha. How's that? Is that good? That's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, keys because I want to get. I want you to break down a couple of these other uh, super regionals too, real quick, as we're uh, wrapping up our first hour here on the Brian Hanks Show. Uh, but let, let's let's wrap this up. Virginia Duke. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to ask you to predict. I don't think that would be, uh, you know, cause obviously you want the blue devils to do it. What are the keys to the victory? What do the blue devils have to do this weekend to uh, get out of Charlottesville and get to Omaha? I think it's the same thing they have they've had to do all year long. They've got to get a good start one time, two times through the order, depending on who it is. And they can't beat themselves. I mean, one of the reasons they lost the game to coastal Carolina a lot, uh, this past Sunday to force that winter game was because they made a couple of mistakes. And you can't afford to give teams extra outs. So they've got to play smart, disciplined baseball. They can't commit any errors. They've got to sure up the error game, all right? Don't give them any free offense. Don't walk a lot of guys. And they're just going to come up with timely hits, you know? That's been something this team has done really well this year. They've been really good over the back half of ball games, getting the offense going. So just keep the offense going, get some timely hits, find a way to get into that Virginia bullpen, and I think they'll be okay. Well, there you go. Uh, well, let's take a look at some of these other series real quick here. And uh, just the way Wake Forest just bulldozed through uh, the Winston-Salem Regional. Uh, and they've got an SEC team in Alabama coming in that was the top seed out of Tuscaloosa, who, uh, again, uh, won their uh, regional. Well, what do you see with this uh, SEC versus ACC matchup? Uh, Wake Forest is going to go to Omaha. And, and, if Wake, right. and, if they, and if they don't, then something really bad is happening. I, I don't. Maybe Alabama wins the game. I, I just think Wake is on a different level right now. and They're, they're going to go to Omaha, and I'll meet Stan Cotton at the Drover if uh, we're both there next week. <laughs> That's awesome. Texas and Stanford, uh, that'll be uh, the Stanford Super Regional. Uh, Texas, the two seed out of the Coral Gables, uh, they end up winning that. And like I said, we'll be traveling to California in a uh, – I don't know. I, Texas, I guess they're they're not SEC yet. I guess so. We could what technically call that a uh, what Big Twelve versus Pac Twelve showdown, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that'll be interesting. Stanford played really well. I watched some of their games this past weekend. Uh, after our games were over, we got back to the hotel, and Stanford was on TV. Uh, obviously, I've got a, a great affinity for the Texas program. Craig Way, who does their games, great guy. I'll meet him at the Drover next week too. I've already <laughs> told Craig I'll meet him there. Uh, and then one of my really good friends is on staff there, too. So I'm pulling for Texas because it would be great to get to Omaha and have that kind of reunion with all of us. We could go out there and find a place to go have a steak or, or maybe a, some ice cream at Zesto's or something. But, yeah, I think that's going to be a really intriguing matchup because both those teams have played really well. Texas has obviously got some great starting pitching. They had a guy throw a 130-pitch complete game to beat Miami on Saturday night. So they've obviously got – 
some horses and some studs down there. And look, Texas has been in the, the College World Series half the times it's been played, like 50% of the College World Series has ever played. Texas has been in there. And it's hard not to root for root for or like know that Texas is going to give you a shot to, to get there. So I like the Longhorns in that Super Regional. You got to remember, there's still a lot of open sores here in, uh, you know, in Greenville and Kinston and Eastern North Carolina over take, you say Texas and I'm not joking, especially the ECU baseball fans around here, Chris, and, oh, uh, I know. The, you know, they, they kind of wince a little bit. ECU baseball fan, when you say Texas, it's just, dude, just, I, I don't yeah. know if I'll ever get over, you know, having that big lead in game two and getting ready to clinch. And just, uh, oh, God, that just, it hurts me. As you were, every time you said Longhorns or Texas right there, Chris, I was wincing a little bit every time you said it, okay? Yeah, the, the losses stay with you longer than the wins do. Like, that's for sure. That is absolutely sure. Two all-SEC Super Regionals. The first one is going to be in uh, Baton Rouge as LSU is uh, taking on the Wildcats of Kentucky who came out of their own regional, but, I got to tell you, and this was one of those that you said last week when we had you on the show, you really thought that, I don't remember you saying who was going to come out of it, but you said it was wide open. I remember you saying that yeah. the Lexington, but Kentucky comes out of it. LSU versus Kentucky. Well, and LSU had to win two elimination games, yeah. two, which, well, you know, big, good for them. Uh, I, look, maybe the teams in the Baton Rouge Regional, maybe their backs are sore from sleeping on all those dorm room beds for like a week. <laughs> um, but, but, look, Kentucky's playing well. LSU also has been one of the best teams in the country all year long. I, LSU at home in a Super Regional, hard not to, to think that the Tigers are going to get it done. I mean, I think it'll be a really entertaining series, but I think LSU probably in the end gets it done. The only question is about the rotation after Paul Schemes. What's the rest of the pitching like for LSU? They've got some question marks there. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. Their pitching coach just took the head coaching job at Georgia. So we'll wait and see how that shakes out. But I imagine that you'll see LSU win that Super Regional. Well, there you go. Hey, you know we had Paul Skeens here on the Brian Hanks show earlier this spring, right? Really? Dude, you want to know how? I do. Scott freaking Whittington. He played for the Air Force Academy. Remember That's Paul right, Skeens? That's and, right. And uh, Scott has a relationship. Dude, they text like two or three times a week. Scott Whittington knows everybody, okay? What? That's crazy. I am not joking, dude. We had a 25-minute uh, interview with him here on the Brian Hanks Show thanks to uh, son of Kinston and Chris Edwards super fan, uh, Scott Weddington. No kidding. <laughs> it was awesome, man. It was awesome. Hey, look, I, we're not going to hit every one of these, obviously, as we're running out of time, but I did want to get uh, Florida, uh, South Carolina, the other all-SEC matchup. Uh, the Gators and South Carolina both coming out as uh, number one seeds in their respective regionals. And uh, the Gators versus the Gamecocks. Uh, that's a tough one. I think it's going to be a good series. Uh, Florida and, and uh, South Carolina both playing really good baseball right now. I mean, South Carolina breezed through that regional. What was against NC State and Campbell? And who's the other one? Central Connecticut State, I think, was the fourth team. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I, like, I like Florida at home, but I think it goes three games. I love it. Last one, uh, I do want to get this in. As uh, you know, there's always the underdog every year, and uh, I, dude, I have just absolutely, positively loved the whole Oral Roberts situation. I mean, uh, a team that going into the NCAA tournament, I believe, had more wins or the second most wins of any team going into it. Yeah, but everybody's like, "Oh, they're the four seed. You know, they're not going to do anything." Doggone if Oral Roberts doesn't come out of that Stillwater Regional. They'll be taking on a powerhouse in the Oregon Ducks. Just uh, your thoughts real quick, first on Oral Roberts and then that Super Regional. 
Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes you just get a team and, and it's just the team, right? I mean, you just have that group of guys and you don't know what you don't know. Like, you don't know that you're not supposed to win this regional. They just went out and they played great baseball. And I don't care who you play, right? I mean, they've won 40-plus games. I mean, <laughs> you win 40 games, you win 40 games. Yeah. Like, that that should be celebrated. And what that what that program has done is so impressive. And, you know, they've been close several times. They've been one of those really good mid-major type programs for a long, long time. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won that Super Regional. Wow. I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about Oregon. I haven't seen a lot of Oregon this year. Admittedly, I haven't seen a lot of Oral Roberts either. But, I mean, man, the way Oral Roberts is playing, like, they probably have that why not us feeling. You know, why not us? Why can't we go there and do that? Why, You know, Coach Pollard talks with our group all the time about, hey, we just want to spend one more week together. We just want to go out and play well, and that, and that gives us one more week together. And hopefully Oral Roberts can get one more week together after this week too. I love it. Let's break just real quick uh, predictions each one of these. Wake Forest, Alabama. Wake Forest. Stanford, Texas. Texas. Wow, that's awesome. LSU, Kentucky. LSU. Uh, Southern Miss, Tennessee. Southern Miss. Wow. And how about that? That's a good story in and of itself. But hopefully they'll make the World Series. We can talk about it next week. Florida, South Carolina. Florida. Uh, Virginia Duke. Duke. <laughs> I love it. Oregon. I love the dude. Your voice just went up like three octaves there. I like it. Duke. <laughs> Duke. Like, of course. Duh. That's awesome. Oregon Oral Roberts. Uh, Oral Roberts. Dude, that will be such a great story if that happens. I'm with you on that, too. And then finally, Indiana State versus TCU. Ooh. Uh, TCU. That, I love that, too. Uh, so. That would set up uh, the College World Series. Tell you what, uh, I'm going to say to you what I said to you last week, Chris Edwards. When uh, Duke makes it to the uh, College World Series next week, uh, you'll come back and join us and give us a nice little preview, right? You got it. Anytime. Dude, you're the absolute best, man. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Good luck to your Blue Devils. And and I'm saying this, like I said, in all sincerity. And uh, you know I got a lot of Virginia in my life, dude. But I am pulling for Duke to win this for you, Chris Edwards. Well, let's go get it done, Brian. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, thanks for having me on as always. There you go. That's Chris Edwards, the voice of uh, Duke University and uh, men's baseball, of uh, women's basketball, does a lot of other things too. We really do appreciate him uh, joining us, like I said, this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. And uh, joining me right now, and he'll be our second-hour big interview it's the general manager of the Kenson Wingman. It's Billy Stern. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Billy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. I tell you what, we're uh, ending the first hour here coming up. Like I said here in our second hour, it's going to be the general manager of the Kenson Wingman, Billy Stern, on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.